0: Well, that was easy. After three long years away from the cage, after all the hype and the buildup to his move to heavyweight, John Jones faced arguably the best fighter left in the division, and he defeated him faster and more soundly than Chael Sonnen at UFC 159. Shocking, unbelievable, incredible. These are all words that could describe what we just saw last night, and honestly, there's a whole bunch more. With the win, John has more than cemented his legacy in the cage. He's made one of the sport's biggest arguments very simple, because there is none now. I'm Tommy from MMA on point, and John Jones is officially the greatest of all time. But in order for you to understand why, we should definitely run down UFC 285 first, just in case you missed it or need a refresher. JBJ burned right through Cyril Ghosn with a two-minute sub to earn gold in a second division. It was like the fight didn't even happen. Alexa Grasso scored an all-time upset face crank finish off some failed spinning shit late in the fourth to dethrone the flyweight goat Valentina Shevchenko. Shavkat Rachmanov put George Neal to sleep in the final minute of their three-round banger. Matosh Gamrot earned a split decision win in a tight match with Jalen Turner, and Bo Nickel made his much anticipated debut against Jamie Pickett. He would win via first round arm triangle with a takedown setup, Frank Trigg style. Nice unnoticed cup shot. The prelims had some fantastic performances and fights. I highly recommend going through them if you skip the early show, but here are the results on the screen right now. All right, so now that we're all on the same page here, let's run the numbers and see if they can't give us some insight into what went down. The UFC's third ever March 4th pay per view saw 14 fights, with 3 KOTKOs, 5 subs, 6 decisions, for a total cage time of 2 hours, 54 minutes, and 32 seconds. Only a single underdog won on the night, but what a massive one. Alexa Grasso, the new champ, was plus 4500 for that 4th round sub. With 8 total landed, that was the least strikes Jones has ever needed to win a fight in his career. It was also the least thrown with 14. It was the second fastest win of his UFC career behind the demolition of Vladimir Matyushenko back in 2010. That Was Jones' 16th UFC title fight victory, if you count interim gold and his NC against DC? He's not lost in 19 straight UFC bouts. These are all records. The Bullet suffered her first ever flyweight defeat and her first ever legitimate stoppage loss after a title reign that began back in 2018. This is the first MMA championship that Grasso has ever won or even competed for in over a decade in the sport, earning her our Late Bloomer award. The Nomad both landed and received more significant strikes against against Neil than in every other one of his UFC bouts combined. In Jalen Turner's 19-fight career going back to 2016, he's never won a bout that's gone to a decision, earning him our Judge Dread Award. And finally, Big Time Bo has landed a combined total of 11 significant strikes in his four-fight undefeated MMA career. But the stats are just for fun. Let's talk about what really happened now. And what happened is that Jon Jones pretty much just ran away with the GOAT argument. I rattled off a few stats earlier, but the guys got like 15 all-time records. I mean, it's just insane. He can add being only the eighth-ever two-division champion to that stat line as well now. He beat the best of the previous generation at light heavyweight, then the best of his own generation, and he was taking on what was seen as the future of his division before his long layoff and the move to heavyweight, a jump he made look like child's play against one of the most feared fighters in the promotion. Nobody has won more, nobody has a more impressive resume relative to the peers they were expected to face. He ran through nearly every And yes, both his PED issues and his outside of the cage issues will for many completely remove him from the discussion of the greatest fighter of all time. And that's totally fine. At the end of the day, this is just a discussion after all, and it's entirely understandable that those criteria could tarnish his legacy. But if we're just talking strictly in the cage, it's really hard to argue anybody else has ever been more impressive. Sure, he has had some lesser performances, there is no doubt. You could absolutely argue that he lost the fight to Dominic Reyes. He barely squeaked by Tiago. Santos. He couldn't finish Anthony Smith. He looked sluggish against OSP. Gus was not expected to be a problem at all, and he very much was. Vitor Belfort was seconds away from earning a sub, a glorified middleweight fighting at 205. But the thing is, he won those fights. He found a way to win. On his worst days, he still came out the official winner. And while you can argue Gus to a lesser extent and Reyes, at the end of the day, they couldn't stop him. The fights were close, they went to the cards, and they came up short. That's just how the sport works. And while he underperformed against the guys everybody thought he would steamroll, it was always the big fights. The ones where people would say, oh, this is the guy that might give Jones problems for the first time, or the next time, or this could be the one that defeats him. All those fights, he absolutely dominated. Shogun, Rampage, Machida, Evans, DC, the rematch with Gus, and now last night, Cyril gone up a whole weight class and not 10 pounds, 205 to 265. Honestly, John's resume up to this point is really unmatched, but it's not even just that. He's shown throughout the course of his career to possibly be the most well-rounded fighter of all time. He's just elite everywhere. His fight IQ is unparalleled, and that's not even factoring in his physical gifts, which are many. He's like the perfectly built fighter. There's never been a John Jones before him, and I'm not sure there ever will be one after. If we were making a perfect fighter in a lab, and maybe you feel like that's exactly what happened, you couldn't make something much better than John Jones. Now, all that said, that doesn't mean he can't be beat, and that doesn't mean we don't still have questions. The thing about that fight last night is that it was basically no fight at all. We saw two minutes of heavyweight Jones. How will he handle big shots from big heavyweights? Will far better grapplers than Cyril Ghosn give him problems? How has his extra weight affected his own striking and speed and endurance? To me, we learned very little about this new iteration of Jon Jones, but he made such easy work of Gahn that there's no doubt he will be a massive favorite against Stipe Miocic when they fight in July. Yet again, Cleveland finest finds himself exactly where he wants to be, entirely underestimated. That fight will be huge, and even though it's not the biggest possible fight, due to the 15,000 pound elephant in the room that is the absence of Francis Ngannou from the title picture, a man you could absolutely argue is still the best heavyweight in the world, a win against Stipe would be far bigger than the victory last night. And if John can fend off this crop of up and coming talent in the division after that, he has a chance to make a legacy in the cage that will never be Applicable. Speaking of legacies though, let's talk about Alexa Grosso. Because many are going to look at that win and say, well, Shevchenko made an error and sealed her own fate. Grasso isn't actually the better fighter. And to that I say, okay, sure. If you want to argue career for career, yes, she doesn't come close to Val. But on that night, in that moment, she did what literally no other woman has ever been able to do, and that was finish Shevchenko. 26 others have had opportunities to, and weren't able to capitalize. She won, and you can't ever take that away from from her, she'll always have UFC champion before her name for the rest of her life, regardless of what happens next. To me, it ranks up there as possibly the biggest upset of all time. The other contender, of course, being Matt Sarah. Both fought GOAT-level fighters for their divisions. Both were complete afterthoughts. Nobody saw this coming at all. Grasso was just another name to add to the pile. And what makes her case over Sarah, in my opinion, is twofold. When she beat Val, well, into her unbelievable reign versus GSP's first defense. And then the fact that this wasn't Shevchenko underestimating her and getting Beat down from moment one, this was Alexa capitalizing on an error in the last seconds of the fourth round of the fight. Absolutely all time, even if you disagree with me about putting it over Sarah. By the way, aren't upsets just awesome fun? They're like the best part of the sport, and we have been spoiled with them in the last few years. Pena, Edwards, Pareda, Du Bronx's run, Glover at 40 plus, Cejudo over DJ. Even further back, Connor over Aldo, Holm over Ronda, Verdum and Kane. Some of the greatest moments in the sport. History and we got to add another one to the list last night. I could seriously go on and on about the main and co-main events, but let's wrap up our 285 Autopsy by discussing the Nomad. Shavkat just had his Gilbert Burns fight, and I know you know exactly what I mean. Neil was so game, gave him all the trouble he could ask for and more, and it feels like Rachmanov will probably level up just like Chimaev did. The only difference being, of course, that Shavkat was able to get the finish in his fight. Obviously Burns is a bigger test, but all the same, same, it feels like the Nomad and boars are on a collision course, a fight that could be one of the biggest of this generation, depending on when it happens and under what circumstances. Speaking of big time, is there anybody that sees themselves more highly than Bo Nickel? I actually really enjoy his insane confidence and expectations for his career. It makes the stakes all the higher with every single one of his fights. We'll see if he can keep steamrolling everyone once he starts getting into the upper echelons of the division, but certainly one of the most impressive and hyped up debuts the promotion has ever had. I'll tell you who's 100% not a hype job, though, and that is the wonderful Max Randall who put this video together so quickly. I mean, how can you not just love this guy? Please thank him by sending him a message on his social media. Like and subscribe for more post-pay-per-view fun. Who is the goat in your eyes? What did you think of the card? Give me all your thoughts in the comments. I love to read them. Thanks, everybody, and I will see you guys on the next pay-per-view, which is just a few weeks away. I better go get some rest.